Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening. Welcome to Genesee Valley Church's online podcast. GVC is a non-denominational church in Flint, Michigan, and our mission is simple. To love God, love people, and love life. I know that you will be blessed by the message and the words that God has for you today. Now, here's Pastor Tony. church and just this region and obviously he's familiar with the Flint area. Uh, he's from a Rust Belt community himself over there in Pittsburgh. Uh, he's experienced great uh, uh, difficult times within the church. If you recall, you know, uh, Pittsburgh, they lost a, a big uh, portion of the steel industry. So again, that was a mainstay of people's livelihoods. And so he understands where we're from and, and, and what this region has dealt with. And one of the things that he said, because I've told him just, you know, man, we're just, we know that we're called to, to raise up a church. We know that we're called to make a difference. We know that we're called to change the landscape. And he said, you know, you would find that most people would quit a long time ago. He said, most people would have quit a long time ago. And quit's just not in our vocabulary. You know, there was a young pastor, and I hope you hear this the right way, but there was a young pastor uh, that started a church just in the area, just on the same road, if you will, just a couple years back. And uh, we were talking with him, and uh, just in conversation, he was, he was just not necessarily a pleasant fella. And it really grieved my heart the way he acted. And so after I got off the phone with him, I said to my wife, I says, we were here when he got here, we'll be here when he's gone. And it's been, I think, just over a year or two years ago that they shut the doors on their church. What am I saying? This area isn't the easiest place to start a church or to plant a church. But one of the things that I know is that we serve a great God. And God has called us for such a time as this to change the landscape of this community. And so when we're talking about giving, I hope you don't necessarily hear it's just dollars and cents. It's eternal lives that your giving is attached to, making a difference. Amen? Amen. So praise God. Thank you so much for your faithfulness. Uh, I want to get into this message this morning, but there's just some things that were kind of stirring in my heart. And so... Uh, before we jump into our message, I just uh, we'll see what the Lord just wants to to do in, in, in just a moment. But uh, just one of the things that was stirring in my heart, just concerning that song that we sang, "I Prophesy." Really, the whole context of the songs that we were singing this morning was turning our attention to the faithfulness of God and to the faithfulness of what He said He would do and the promises of God that are available to us. Right. And when you think of that word or that song where it says, I prophesy, the word prophesy simply means I declare. I say something. How many of you realize that God made you in His image and in His likeness? And the Bible says that how God made everything to come into existence was through speaking or saying something. And then He says, now I give you my authority, conquer, subdue, have authority on this earth. And He says, now act like me. That's what He told Adam and Eve. And He says, now... The number one way that you do that or begin to act like me in the earth is through the words in which you speak. And so I want you to know something, that in regards to your life, your life is directly correlated to the words in which you speak. And the words in which you speak have percolated in your heart for a long time before they've ever come out your mouth. You understand what I'm saying? Because the, the Bible says, out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. So the enemy knows exactly how to begin to work with you. He knows you better than you know yourself. 
And so he knows exactly how to bring people along your path. He knows how to uh, bring suggestions and thoughts and ideas. And before too long, you know, you've got a good brew of coffee going on the inside. You know what I mean? I mean, some people like their coffee light. Some people like it dark. But I'm telling you what, if you'll percolate on it long enough, you've got some dark stuff growing on the inside. And if you let it brew and stir long enough on the inside, the things that come out your mouth will become dark. Does that make sense? It will be... Poor me. It'll never change. It's always this way. How come I'm feeling this way? How come I'm hurting? How come things aren't changing? It's simply because you've allowed some things to percolate on the inside of you rather than allowing yourself to focus on Jesus. Come on. You just heard it this morning. Count it all joy. (laughs) Lacking nothing. So in other words, when you start seeing some things that you don't like in your scenery, you've got to start counting it all joy. So what are you doing? You're starting to brew a different pot. It's starting to percolate something different on the inside. So what are you counting at all joy? Well, you have to turn your attention to something different than what you see. You have to focus on something different than what you've been giving your attention to. And what is it? It's the faithfulness of God. And so what ends up happening? You start to find that something on the inside starts to bubble. And listen, how many of you know that when it comes to counting it all joy, you don't necessarily feel like it? Right? Uh, you know, I came in this morning, and uh, I smelled the coffee down in the cafe brewing, and I'm thinking, ooh, that smells good. It just did something on the inside of me. I'm like, I, I can't wait to get a cup of coffee because I smell it in the air. Well, you know what? What I smell in the air might have been something entirely different than what I saw with my eyes. I'm speaking figuratively, right? And so, there's something that God's wanting to do, but if you can divert your attention from what you see and allow the the fragrance of God's faithfulness to begin to arise on the inside, counting it all joy, and sometimes you just got to do it by faith, right? Uh, My my wife, she's, she's not a coffee drinker, but if she adds enough sweetness to it, she can get it down. You know what I mean? She wants that caramel latte, uh, macchiato, whatever the thing is, you know? (laughs) If she can dress it up, she can stomach it, man. She goes, just make it sweet enough. Well, that's what you're doing. You might see some circumstances in your life. Well, then all you got to do is add a little sweetness to it. Well, what's the sweetness? It's God's faithfulness. God's more than able. God said, he'll supply all of my needs according to his riches in glory. This too shall pass. My God said that with him, nothing is impossible. And as I begin to stir some things up on the inside, that Jesus is my healer, that no weapon formed against me shall prosper, that at the name of Jesus, every knee will bow and every tongue will confess. There is no devil against me that can separate me from the love of God. I'm telling you what, you start adding a little cream and sugar to it, you'll find that all of a sudden, that which was brewing on the inside is changing because of what you're adding to it. Amen? Come on. God is faithful, and God is doing something in this hour. Amen. And I'm telling you what, the devil's a liar, and he will not win. In fact, let me just put it on display. Let me just put it on for the record. He's already been defeated. He will not, cannot, never will win, nor have the victory, because we have the victory. And the Bible says that he leads us in victory. And the Bible actually says that we are the fragrance of his victory as though we're trophies of his victory going on before us. So think about that. Woo, praise the Lord. You walk into the room and it seems like, man, it's a lot of bad stuff going on right now. But the moment you walk in, 
the smell changes. There's a fragrance that showed up. What's that smell? Victory. What's that smell? The power of God. What's that smell? That's just me because I've got Jesus in and on me and every part of my being. God's in me, on me, and praise God, when I show up, things change. Amen? Amen? Praise God. So, that was good stuff. Got all that for free, all right? Praise the Lord. Did that help anybody this morning? Because the tide is turning. We've got the victory, and God's on the throne. Amen? Praise God. Well, as I said, that was just kind of a prelude. It just seemed like something God, something God was stirring in my heart. And so I trust that that was for somebody, if not just for myself. But praise God. So let's jump into this message this morning. This is week number two of our message called, Who's on First? And just in the, the event that you didn't want, that was wondering who I am, I'm Pastor Tony, by the way, for those of you that are new, <laughs> welcome, glad you're here. And for the online audience, hey, thanks for tuning in, we're glad you're with us as well. But we're in week number two, as I said, of who's on first. And just to recap for just a moment, if you recall, last week we were asking that question, who's on first, Right? And if you remember that Abbott and Costello skit, uh, it was all about who's on first, what's on second, and uh, so-and-so's on third. And again, Costello was extremely confused, right? But if there was ever any confusion, last week we established that concerning who's on first is you. We're asking the question, well, who's on first? Well, when we began to look at it last week, we saw that when it comes to God and the heart of God, God puts you in first place. You're on first. In fact, this whole Bible, this book is all about God's heart placing you on first. Amen. In fact, just for a moment, you know, it just, I was talking with somebody the other day, and, and as we were having this conversation about the vastness of the universe and God's goodness and the plan that he has for us, the, the question was asked, you know, I've always wondered if whether or not there's people or uh, other living things in other planets or solar systems or galaxies in this great vast universe that we have and again that's a big question and to be honest with you I don't have the answer for that because the Bible doesn't tell us anything about it but one thing that I do know that the Bible tells us that everything about this universe revolves around this earth because the Bible said on the first day God made and on the second day God did and then it all got all the way down to the sixth day and the Bible says that God made man and said that it was very good and then it goes on to tell us that everything that God did, God did it for you and for me. But here's what the Bible says. If you recall last week, it says in Ephesians chapter 1 verse 4. It says, even before he made the world, God loved us and chose us in Christ to be holy without fault in his eyes. So what that tells us is that before he ever made the world, he knew that each and every single one of us were going to mess up. And knowing that before he ever made the foundations of the world, God still said, I'm going to do it because I love them before I ever met them and I want a family. Amen? So knowing that you were going to mess up, God still chose to have you in this place of life. And then the Bible also tells us this in Romans chapter 5 verse 8. It says, but God demonstrated his own love for us that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. So in other words, when it comes to this creation in this world and the universe vast from end to end, the Bible says that everything that God did was for us. 
so that he would have a relationship with us. And you were so special and you're so loved and you are so on first in the heart and the mind of God that he sent Jesus to bring about a relationship with him. So, the Bible doesn't tell us that he did that for anybody else. He, said, he didn't say that he did that for any other creation. It says that he made man to be like him and also saw that there was going to be a problem before he ever started and said, I still got an answer for that because I love him that much. In Ephesians chapter 2, the Bible says that you and I are God's masterpiece. Come on, have you ever looked at somebody and said, God, you really messed up with that one? <laughs> You've never said that? Oh, I'm sorry. Me neither. Me, I've never said that either. <laughs> no, there's times we've looked at people and said, God, man, something went wrong there, man. Right? Something in the cooking, man. Something in me. It went wrong. But the Bible says that you are God's masterpiece. With every fault, every failure with every blemish that you exist and live with the bible says that you are still god's masterpiece come on god loves you and if there was ever a question as to who's on first you've got to know that you are look to your neighbor and say i'm first come on look to your other neighbor and say it like you mean it say man i'm first come on i'm first with god amen now, as much as you think you're first, I just want you to know I'm God's favorite, okay? I just, <laughs> I'm God's favorite. All right, so let's continue with that line of thinking or that question this morning of who's on first. I want to ask you the question, who's on first in your life? We know that we're first with God, but who's on first with you? Who's first place in your life? The Bible tells us over in Exodus chapter 34, verse 14, it says, For you shall worship no other gods, for the Lord whose name is Jealous. He is a jealous God. Did you see what that said? It didn't only just say that God was a jealous God. The Bible actually said that God has a name that he is called, and he is named or he is called Jealous. Now, that doesn't mean he's jealous in the way that you and I know, where you go stalk somebody because you're jealous. Well, you know, God kind of does stalk you, but it's not in a weird way. It's not in a goofy way. God loves you. And the Bible says that he's actually jealous for your affections. The, 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 the nature of who he is, he has such a desire to know you and have a relationship with you. The Bible actually tells us that his name is, is jealous. He desires for us to make him first in his life. So I want to ask you the question, is God first? Is God on first in your life? Does God even make the top ten when you really begin to examine your life as a whole? And again, sometimes that's difficult for us to really answer. But if we recognize that God is not, then we can begin to make some shifts in that particular area. You know, when I began to think about this idea of God being first and again I realize depending on where you're at with your relationship with God maybe you've just been kind of religious in your relationship with God maybe you've just kind of grew up in church hit and miss or maybe this is the first time you've ever attended church and so it might be all new to you but as we begin to walk with God and God desires to have a relationship with us 
And when God's not on first, it's kind of like this. This is kind of an example that I believe that the Lord gave me. Uh, you know, I'm a guy that kind of works with my hands, and so I've got work boots. And so, you guys, you might be able to understand this illustration. Ladies, you might as well. But there's been times where I've put my work boots on, and, you know, maybe you've been working, you know. And so, as a result, there's a little pebble or something in your boot, and you put your boot on, and the boots aren't necessarily easy to get on. You know, you got to get them on there. And then if they're work boots, you know, you strap them and wrap them and, you know, tie them up. And then you stand up, and you're like, ooh, man, I've got a, a little pebble in my shoe. And sometimes you'll say, I'm going to take the time to get that pebble out of there. But other times, if you're like me, you're like, you know what, I'll, just, I'll deal with it. I don't want to have to do my boots all over again. And so throughout your day, you've got this little pebble in the bottom of your boot. And every time you walk or occasionally, you'll find it, oh, man, that's kind of uncomfortable. There's that pebble again. You know, you're doing something, man, that stinking pebble. I can't wait to get this boot off so I can get that pebble out. And oftentimes, that's what our relationship with God is, is when he's not on first. Is there's this irritation in our life, and we're like, what is going on? Something just keeps gnawing at me. Something just didn't write. Something seems to just kind of aggravate me, and I don't know what it is, and it just seems like it dogs me all the time. And again, when we purpose not to put God first in our life, that's kind of what it begins to look like or feel like. Not that God is irritating you, but because there's an alignment out of place, something just isn't clicking. I mean, speaking of alignment, has anybody ever had back issues in here? Sure, I think a lot of us have. If you've ever had some back issues where you threw your back out or it got out of alignment, how many of you have ever been in a place, in fact, this has happened to me all Maybe about six months ago, I got up off the couch. In fact, you know, now that I'm getting older, you know, the abdominal muscles aren't as strong as they used to be. You know, sometimes I use my leg to kick myself up, you know. I'm laying there, so I kick my leg to kind of get me momentum to come up off the couch. <laughs> Does that make sense? And so this particular night, uh, Kelly, she had already went to bed. And so I must have kicked just a little extra hard that night or something. And so when I kicked my leg up and I got up off the couch, all of a sudden, there was such a pinch in the, my back or my lower back, it brought me to my knees. Come on, have you ever had your back out of alignment and it brought you to your knees? Oh, yeah. I mean, I was down on the floor, and every time I breathed, it's like, oh, don't breathe, please. Don't. Oh, my gosh, right? Because it was out of alignment. And finally, I got my composure. I was able to get up a little bit. We had the piano there. And so I, I was walking across, and it would hit me. And I'm like, oh, man. And I had to put my, all my weight. I, I was holding myself up with my, my, my arms because of how my back, back was feeling. And, and I didn't want to fall down because if I fall down, I thought, man, it's going to really hurt. So I'm holding myself up. So I actually got down to bed. And when I got down to bed, uh, my whole body's trembling. And she's like, what's going on with you? She goes, you're shaking the whole bed. And I was like chilled to the bone. She goes, what's going on with you? It was because my back was hurting so bad that it kind of put my body into shock. And because I was trying to hold myself up so much that my arms were about to give out. You know, I tired my arms out. So it was like I was just totally fatigued, you know, going to bed. But my point is this, is that once I started moving, I was able to get through that initial pinch but for the next couple days, there was this constant irritation in my lower back. 
It affected my productivity. It affected my ability, right? It affected my attitude. That was my next point. Thank you very much. See, we know a woman's got an attitude right here. She was very, she knew where I was going with that. Come on, you know what I'm talking about? Now, I know none of you are this way, but man, when, when my back is out of alignment and, and I'm just not feeling good, my attitude isn't very friendly. You know what I mean? You, you, you become irritable. Well, again, we're talking about something out of alignment. Well, God never brings you to your knees. That's not the way God operates. But when we choose to not put things in priority of life, there are things that come up along the way that might put you to your knees. That might cause you to be irritable, not have the productivity. And because there's this constant irritation of things being out of alignment, people around you are affected because your attitude. Right? And you're like, God, what is going on? God, what's up, God? And God says, hey, yeah, what's, go what's going on? Right? And we're thinking it's God doing something to us, but really it's because we've got things out of alignment. Things aren't in their place. And then things become frustrations, irritabilities, and things of that nature. Are you tracking with me? All right, so in Galatians, Galatians chapter 5, starting in verse 19. Now, there's much that we could talk about these verses, and for the sake of time, I'm not going to get into things, and there's not really a, a specifics that I'm, I'm dealing with this portion or this entire context of Scripture, but there's a few things that I want to bring out to your attention concerning it. It says, starting in verse 19, it says, Now, the work or the works of the flesh are evident. Everybody say evident. So that means if they're evident, that means that they're visible, right? The works of the flesh are evident, which are adultery, fornications, uncleanness, lewdness. And then the last one there that I'm just going to bring to your attention is idolatry. It says the works of the flesh are evident, or we could say it this way, the works of idolatry are evident. Now you might say, well, hey, I'm safe on that one. I'm not worshiping any idol in my home. I'm not doing anything that would cause me to bow down and, you know, do incense to the little figurine in my house. That's not what I'm doing. No, listen, idolatry is anything that takes first place over God. And the Bible says these things that take first place over God are evident. You know, there's times where I'll be ministering and I know people get irritated at times. It's like, well, did my wife talk to you? What are you talking about me for up there? I know you're talking to me. I know you're talking to me. No, I'm not talking to you. But the Bible does tell us the things or when we put things in priority above God that they're evident. There's no judgment call. There's not... The need for anybody to come up to you and say, hey, listen, you know, you're, you're putting something in front of God. No, it's just evident, right? Does that make sense? Nobody has to put a billboard over your head and say, hey, listen, idolater. No, it's just evident. It's evident to everybody. And there are areas in everybody's life that we've got some things out of sort. In fact, I don't know about you. This has been a wake-up call to me in some areas 
But if you've got a smartphone, some of your smartphones will give you an end-of-the-week charting of how much time you spent on your phone per day. I mean, I had mine come up with a bulletin that said, idolater. I'm like, what? Shut up. <laughs> are you, are you hearing what I'm saying? Because I'm thinking, well, dear God, I know I didn't spend that much time with God this week. Right? I mean, God has been talking to me. I, I've told you, I like TV because TV lets my brain check out. I just veg out. Don't have to think about nothing. Wow. Kill them up, shoot them up, you know. Kill another one. <laughs> you know, just. But God's dealt with me. Hey, listen. Are you looking for that to give you peace more than me? Are you looking for that to give you comfort more than me? Is that taking up more time, right? And so listen, I'm not just talking to you. I'm talking about all of us here, that there are things that we have put in first place before God. And notice what it says here in Galatians chapter 5, continuing just a few verses down the road. It says, concerning in verse 21, it says, Envy, murder, drunkenness, rivalries, and the like, of which I tell you beforehand, just as I have told you in times past. So in other words, he says, we've had this conversation before. I've talked to you about putting God first. I've talked to you about putting God first, and so I'm having this conversation with you again. But then he goes on to say, and those who practice such things will not inherit the kingdom of God. Now that word practice means just a purposeful intent to do. Right? I just choose to watch more TV than I should. I just choose to play on my telephone more than I should. And because I do that, the Bible says you won't inherit the kingdom of God. And actually, one translation concerning that is the goodness of God here on this earth. See, it goes back to where I'm saying, God, it feels like life is bringing me to my knees. It seems like God, all hell's breaking loose. And God's saying, listen. The kingdom of God is available to you, but because you're practicing idolatry or there's things out of sorts, out of alignment, you're experiencing these things and the kingdom of God or the blessings of God aren't able to function as well because things are out of alignment. And oftentimes we're looking to God and we're blaming God and we're saying, God, how come you're doing it for them and you're not doing it for me? How come their prayers are getting answered and our prayers aren't getting answered? God, how come it seems like everything has fallen apart in our house? How come? Maybe there's an alignment issue. Does that make sense? God's wanting us to get things in alignment. In regards to the kingdom of God, Jesus said, this is the reason that I come to, come, come to the earth. This is the reason that I come. In John chapter 10, that you might have life and life more abundantly or in quality and quantity. He says, I've come to give you this kind of a life, but you can't always just have this life just because I came to give it. He says, you've got to have things in alignment. Like, well, Pastor, I hear you talk about all the goodness of God, but right now I'm just kind of irritated. I'm kind of disgruntled with the whole church thing. I don't hear, I don't experience all the good things you talk about. Well, again, it's, we're talking about an alignment, right? Who's on first, what's on first is evident in our lives. And so are the results. I'll say that again. Because he says this, those who practice such things will not inherit. Everybody say inherit. Inherit means that they're available because somebody died. Jesus died, and he says, I've given you an inheritance. And so, therefore, that which you put on first is evident to all. 
and the fruit or the inheritance is evident to all. So if you're looking at your life and you're saying, I'm not liking what I'm seeing, maybe you're just inheriting some things as a result of the alignment. Come on, does that make sense? Now, again, I don't want to sugarcoat it because, again, we could talk about all the blessings of God, but unless we get things aligned, we won't experience the blessings of God to the degree that He desires because He wants to be first. He wants to be on first in our lives. All right? So, many times we look at this and say, well, you know what? When it comes to God being first, I have a little bit of resentment towards that. And I know that there's people here in church that when you talk about having a relationship with God, it's just a sore spot. It just is like rubbing salt in a wound. It's like every time you talk about that, it just irritates me. I'm just a little resentful about that. Well, why is that? Because every time we hear about that, we think, well, that means more time. It means more effort. It means more money. It means that you're saying to God that I'm needing to prioritize some things. And see, God simply says... I want you to put me first place. You see, when we start to resent God in the way that God does things, we'll even resent church. You'll resent the people of church, but you realize that the Bible says that the church is the body of Christ. And so if I'm resenting you, then I'm actually resenting God. If I'm not putting you at a priority in my life, then I'm not putting God as a priority. You know what, I saw you last week, you know, it'd be good to see you for four more weeks, all right? Don't let the door hit you in the butt when you go, right? No, the Bible says we, we need to have a desire to esteem and edify and build up and be a part of the body of Christ, amen? Can you understand what I'm saying? All right, so why is there resentments? Why are we resenting or why is there times that resentment kind of builds up on the inside when we feel God pulling us into a God-first life or putting God first place? Well, once again, I want to bring to your attention in Galatians chapter 5. Notice what it says here. Again, I'm using this to draw our attention to specific points. But it says in verse 16, he says, I say then, walk in the Spirit and you'll not fulfill the lust of the flesh. For the flesh lusts against the spirit, and the spirit against the flesh, and these are contrary to one another, so that you do not do the things that you wish to do. So he tells us right up front, now listen guys, there's going to be resistance. This isn't just an easy thing. You're going to face opposition. You're going to find that something on the inside desires to be with God, but there's a whole lot of stuff on the outside that wants to pull you away from God. So just know this on the front end, that there's going to be somewhat of a battle that's going on. So don't think that, well, if I've got this difficulty going on, then I I must not be right with God. No, if you've actually got that pull and tug, then that must mean you must be doing something right. Then it goes on to say in verse 22, it says, But the fruit of the Holy Spirit, the work with the presence uh, within accomplishes, is love, joy, gladness, peace, patience, and even tempered and forbearance, kindness, goodness, benevolence, faithfulness, gentleness, meekness, and humility, self-control, self-restraint, and or self-restraint countenance. So in other words, in regards to us as individuals, we are desperately seeking this fruit. Everybody's seeking peace. Everybody wants love. Everybody wants joy. 
but we're looking at the wrong things to acquire it. We're investing our time and our efforts in the wrong things for quick gratifications when God says, listen, in order for you to experience joy, peace, self-control, for you to have joy in your life, he says, you've got to be intentional to put me first. Listen to this. I just saw this this past week. They are trying to help this mental health crisis that we have in this culture nowadays. And for those that are depressed, John Hopkins, if I'm saying that right, the hospital. You know, I mean, they are the elite of the elite. And so they are running some programs for people that are depressed. They are bringing them into this very lavish room, and they're giving them psychedelic drugs. And they said our, our intent is to put them into a trip to let them trip out. And they trip out for about six hours. And when they come back, one of the things that we're finding is that they are having long-lasting results from depression. And one woman came on there. She goes, yeah, I took a couple trips. Woo! She said, and I have not had depression for the last 18 months. Now, thank God for medical doctors. But isn't it interesting how people keep looking to things and doctors and medicine and drugs to do only what God can do. And they want the quick fix. Give me something. Do something. Give me a shot. Help me so that I can stop feeling the way that I'm feeling because I want joy and I want peace. But God says, listen, if you want long-lasting joy and peace, get the priorities straight. Because it's only short term. And you don't have to have a psychedelic trip. You can take a trip with me and in me and for me. That won't be just a trip for the last six hours, but it will be for eternity. Amen? Come on, are you, are you ready to take a trip with Jesus today? Are you ready? Come on, man. Now I'm running short on time, and so I'm going to wind it up with this. The Bible tells us, the Bible says, and again, there's a whole lot of things, other things that I was planning on sharing, so we'll get to that next week. But the Bible tells us, it says, don't be drunk with wine, we're in excess, but be filled with the Holy Spirit. So once again, what he's saying is like, don't look to natural things to put a band-aid on it in the moment to make you feel better. He said, I've given you the Holy Spirit that will help you experience joy and peace. But it also comes with an alignment of beginning to put me first in your life. Amen? Let's stand. So here's my challenge for you. If you're here this morning and you're saying, you know what, I don't have peace, I don't have joy, I don't have peace of mind, then you happen to be here at the right time. Maybe you're here this morning and 
there's something in you and within you that when we talk about church and when we just extend the challenge for you to realign yourself and you hear it as though God's wanting more and there's some form of resentment on the inside because you equate it to be something that God never intended it to be, then once again, God wants to do something in your heart to, to, to bring peace and give you joy. With every head bowed and every eye closed. The Bible tells us that if we've received Jesus, that He has given us the Holy Spirit. The person of the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit comes to dwell and live within you. And the Holy Spirit is the very nature and personality of who God is. Now here's what Jesus said. He says, now as I go, I'm going to leave you the Holy Spirit. He's going to be your helper. He's going to be your counselor. He's going to be your teacher. Anything that you need to know, he said, he'll show you things to come. And he'll guide you into all truth. If you've received Christ into your life this morning, then he's in you. And the fruit of who he is, is peace and joy and comfort. So since he's in you, I just dare you to ask him to give you what he came to give. Now I'm going to pray for you right now. And as I pray, you just engage your faith with mine. And if you're struggling, if you've struggled to have peace, if you've struggled to have joy, if you've struggled to have just fun in this experience with God, then as I pray, I want you to say, God, I receive that right now. I receive that prayer. I believe it as mine. Amen. In the name of Jesus, I pray for every single person that's in this place. Everyone that might be listening online. In the mighty name of Jesus, I pray for the peace of God that passes all understanding, that dwells and abides on the inside of every believer right now. I pray for that fruit to come to the forefront, come in full manifestation, and give peace of mind, peace of heart. Lord, I thank you for you the one that gives comfort. That, Lord, you would give comfort right now for those that have been in turmoil, those that have been depressed, those that have been struggling right now. I thank you for peace and comfort. Oh, for those that have simply stayed awake at night and have grieved and have cried and have been sad. No, you said that you have given us the spirit of gladness. And I thank you for the joy that abides on the inside. And therefore, we call forth that joy to come to the forefront now. In Jesus' name, no longer sad, I choose to be glad. Ha, 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 for it's a good day. Ha, ha, ha. Oh, thank you, Lord. I thank you that, Lord, we leave this place not having the same vision and the same sight as we've seen coming in. But God, we see as a whole new day, and we're going to begin to live in a new way. In Jesus' name, and we all said, Amen.
subscribe to this podcast and take a look at all of our social media sites, which can be found at our website, gvchurch.tv. We know that today's message has been a blessing to you. Thanks for listening. We are Genesee Valley Church, loving God, loving people, and loving life.